A reading from the Gospel of John. Jesus said, A little while, and you all will not see me. And another little while, and you all will see me. Then some of his disciples said to one another, What does this mean that he is saying to us? A little while, and you all will no longer see me. And again, a little while, and you will see me. And because I am going to the Creator. They said, What does he mean by this a little while? We do not know what he is talking about. Jesus knew that they wanted to ask him, so he said to them, Are you all discussing among yourselves what I meant when I said, A little while, and you all will no longer see me? And again, a little while, and you all will see me? Very truly, I tell you all that you will weep and mourn, but the world will rejoice. You all will have pain, but your pain will turn into joy. When a woman is giving birth, she has pain because her time has come. But when her child is born, she no longer remembers the tribulation because of the joy of having brought a human being into the world. So you all have pain now, but I will see you all again, and your hearts will rejoice, and no one will take your joy from you. Amen. Good morning, everyone. My name is Jonah. My pronouns are they, them, theirs, and I am your lead pastor here at Zao. I, I love this passage, and honestly, it's partly just for, like, vibes. Uh, I made Cameron read this to me a few times uh, this week because we were doing some traveling. We were on the road, and I was wanting to kind of reflect on the passage, and so I, I made him read it, and he couldn't get all the way through the first time because he was like, you know, we read this with such, like, sacred seriousness, but if we were to act this out, this scene would be kind of ridiculous. <laughs> and, and I think, I mean, he's right, right? So, like, if we were to take this out of our, like, Bible feelings and just, like, encounter it as a conversation between people, you have this, like, really ridiculous exchange. So Jesus says, hey, followers, in a little while, you will not see me. And in another little while, you will see me. <laughs> and his followers are like, what? <laughs> did, that, did, did that make any sense to you? What is he talking about? It reminds me of like, so we have a two-year-old at home who's very verbal and learning to talk. But, you know, sometimes gets really excited and babbles and like a bunch comes out all at once. And you just, I just, I'm like, yeah, uh-huh. And then I turn to Cameron. I'm like, do you have an idea what she just said? Do you? I got nothing. I got nothing. So these dudes are like, do you, do you know, do you know what Jesus is talking about here? Uh, does this have anything to do when he was like, I'm going to go to the creator? Like, what's a little while? That seems really unnecessarily vague. So while they're having this conversation, Jesus is like, Oi, you talking about me again? I know what you want to ask, so just ask it. And the dudes are like, <laughs> We're with you. Yeah, no, we totally get it. Jesus is like, In a little while, you won't see me. And then in another little while, you will see me. Okay, so like, 
You know when somebody's pregnant and it totally sucks, and then when they're giving birth, it's terrible and horrible and scary or whatever, but then on the other side, in a little while, there's a baby and it's great and like, who cares? <sighs> Listen, you're going to go through some hard stuff and it's legit gonna suck, okay? Yeah, I get you there. And on the other side, in a little while, there's joy and happiness, and you will see me again. And then they just move on. They just move on. There are actually like a lot of passages in scripture that are trying to communicate this point. And like reading it as a person who has given birth to another human, giving birth was terrifying. And it was, it went, it was, it was eternal. I'm still giving birth now because that's how long it was, how long it felt. It felt like it was going to go on forever. And it felt kind of scary, right? I was in a lot of physical pain and it felt overwhelming and scary. And it felt like that moment of suffering was stretching on endlessly into the horizon and I would never, ever get, get through it. And if somebody had told me in my most acute moment of pain don't worry about the tribulations of childbirth because on the other side, there will be joy. I would, have, I would have been so filled with rage. Don't tell that to someone when they're in a moment of acute pain. I was so touchy when I was giving birth that when the midwives would come in and they made me move so that they could check vitals, I would literally boo them. They walked into the door and I'd be like, boo! <laughs> not a bit just facts actual facts so when when we're in these moments of acute pain it can be really spiritually bypassing right it can be engaging in toxic joy toxic positivity to tell somebody like don't worry don't be sad your pain's gonna go away and one of the things that we experience in our culture is a lot of that minimizing of suffering and pain, especially among marginalized people. People are told to kind of grin through it. And so we have, on the one hand, this reality that when we are in the midst of deep pain, it can feel extremely dismissive for someone else to come in and tell you, oh, you won't even remember this later, or this is all in God's plan, or there's a silver lining here, right? Like, that sucks. And let's hold that truth, that reality, with the fact that, you know, I'll just tell you from my experience, what made pregnancy, which was extremely uncomfortable, bearable for me, and what made the terror of childbirth survivable for me was actually focusing on Micah, my child, focusing on what it was going to be like to be with her, understanding the, the future that was in store through this pain. And genuinely, I did forget the tribulations. Like, I remember, my brain remembers, I can recall what happened. But they've done study after study on this that, like, the brain is designed to rewire itself to be like, oh, that, that wasn't so bad. You weren't going to die, though. It was okay. It's no big deal. This is so true that, like, we, it's like, something embedded in our bodies to help us continue facing pain in the future, 
right? Because we know that we need to go through difficulty to get to that other side of joy. And it's so true specifically with pregnancy and birth that like people, people forget. People forget. Their brains erase the pain that they've been through. I have a, I have a pregnant friend right now who was like, who has been pregnant before. And they were like, I'm not doing this a third time. I, this, I, I don't like this. And my brain forgot it, but I remember it now. And I'm going to write it down because I'm not doing this again. <laughs> and yet, I think that most creative processes are like this. Being a part of God's work of creating, bringing new life, beauty, and joy into the world is often extremely painful at moments. Uncomfortable, difficult, stressing, stretching. And so we have to go through all of these processes to get to that joy, to that power, to that beauty on the other side. I experienced this with trauma therapy as well. I talk pretty openly here about how I've been engaged in trauma therapy for years and it has changed my life for the better. Healing and being a part of this healing journey in my own body has been utterly life-changing. And every time I start a difficult session with my therapist, I begin by saying, I don't want to be here. I don't want to do this. All right, let's go. <laughs> let's get it done. <laughs> because it hurts. Engaging in those wounds is extremely painful. But experiencing healing, experiencing life on the other side of that pain, I am so much more alive and awake to joy and connection than before I started, before I worked through the pain of healing. Remembering that the other side of pain includes joy and connection is essential to enduring pain. And because life can be painful, it is essential to survival. Because the pain and suffering are truly temporary and in the scheme of eternity, Joy, we are told, actually takes a much bigger role. And so the Bible tries to encourage us in this manner in many different times and places. There's a psalm, Psalm 30. It refers to God's anger, and so I just want to contextualize real quickly that God's anger in the context of this passage just means suffering, right? My own suffering, Psalm 30, verse 5 says, For God's anger is but for a moment. God's favor is for a lifetime. Weeping may linger for the night, but joy comes with the morning. And this can seem strange. This emphasis on like, get to the other side, there's so much joy. Life is full of joy. Suffering is temporary. It can feel difficult to hold on to when we also have God inviting us to take up our cross and die and stuff. Like, we are being invited into suffering in a really active and explicit way through the gospel. Because Jesus teaches and demonstrates that the only way to new life and joy and resurrection is through death. Is through death and suffering. And it's one of the things that I think that the, the modern church really wants to overlook and not engage in. It's something that we talk about a lot when we do our unlearning and relearning here, like, Following Jesus is not just like a quick, easy way to feel a little bit better about your life. It is a call into a deeper way of living 
that is going to require us to come into conflict with systems of power and oppression. And so there is a great deal of pain and suffering on the path of the, of the good news towards liberation, new life, and joy. The other day at Echo, Echo, if you don't know, is a monthly gathering we have here, second Wednesday of the month, and community members gather to talk about just like what's been coming up in the sermons, in their lives, um, in church, and so we can go a little bit deeper and hear from one another about all of these things. You should really come, it's fun. Uh, but the other day at Echo, somebody repeated back to me a summary of one of my sermons, that following Jesus means putting oneself in the way of violence, receiving threats from all sides of power, and proving them wrong by surviving. And I was like, well, that's horrible. <laughs> Who wants to do that? No wonder everybody's going to listen to Joel Osteen. He's just like, believe, <laughs> believe, and God will bless you. Uh, that sounds way easier. We can encounter the gospel, the good news, that call to a deep, meaningful life that includes pain and suffering on the path to joy and fulfillment. We can encounter that gospel message and feel really overwhelmed. And, and if you have felt overwhelmed encountering that call into a deep life of, of the pursuit of justice and liberation for all people, of challenging systems of power, of, of confronting your own wounds um, and shortcomings, like if you hear that call to invitation and feel overwhelmed ever, please know that you are not alone. And the scriptures actually detail some experiences of people encountering that call and freaking out. One of my favorite books of the Bible, they're all my favorite, is Nehemiah. Uh, they're actually not all my favorite. Some of them are skippable. But Nehemiah, don't sleep on Nehemiah. Nehemiah is great. And it's, a, it's really, it's a, a story about community organizing it's a story about, about lots of different people coming together to make something possible, to make healing possible. And where we, we often have these individual figures where we're like, Moses, yeah, he was really good. Uh, you know, David, best king ever. Nehemiah is this like community collaborative story. And like half the book is names, which is I think why a lot of people skip it. But it's like this dude was working on this thing and this dude was working on this thing and this dude was working on this thing. And you have this picture of a whole community coming together to rebuild a city after it had been destroyed, putting hope in the future. Now, all the while that they're doing this, they're receiving threats from all sides. And at the end, when they've, they've brought all of this back into life, when they are celebrating their new city, the, the, the renewed community that they have poured themselves into, they have this celebration. And you've got Nehemiah the governor and Ezra the priest and scribe and the Levites who are teaching the scriptures. They taught the, the, the message of God, right? They, they celebrate their new city by teaching this good news and saying, hey, we're going to be attacked from all sides. And that's like part of the deal. And on the way to new life, it's going to be lots of pain and suffering. And the people all wept, it says. And so then they were like, no, 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 no. This day is holy. This day is holy. Don't mourn. Don't weep. And it says they said this because all the people wept when they heard the words of instruction. It can be so overwhelming to hear the call of God 
the call into a life of deep meaning, of challenge to empire, and of resurrection and new life. And what did they say? They said, hey, this is not, I I get it, you're freaked, but here's what we're going to do. Here's what we're going to do. Go, eat rich food, and drink something sweet, and send portions of this to anyone who have nothing ready. This is the day of the Lord. Don't be sad because the joy from God is your strength. And so in this moment where everyone's like, I don't know if we can do this. We're getting threats from all sides. We just wanted to live. We just want to have nice things. We just want to hang out. But this is a difficult world where we have to be in conflict with all of those systems that are coming to harm people. And they, they got caught in that moment and they were like, I don't know if we can do this. And the antidote, after hearing that invitation to good news, the antidote was to throw a really lavish party. It was like, go, eat something delicious. Drink something amazing. Give to everybody who doesn't have anything so that we can all party together. The way through that suffering is actually leaning into joy and saying, like, I trust that the joy will be on the other side because I seek out and embrace and create joy here and now also. In the midst of this pain. Now, This is a really difficult thing to hold all of these things together. And when we don't hold it all, when we're not able to hold the joy and pain, the the provision and the fear, all of it together at once, that's when it becomes spiritual bypassing. That's when it becomes toxic positivity. You know, delivered poorly and without room for grief or fear You're telling the people, don't cry, don't weep, don't be sad? Like, how invalidating. Sadness and anger, fear and frustration, these are all valid experiences in life and in the process of faith. Luckily, we have this enormous book that the Bible has so many different depictions of what it means to be faithful. And in the Psalms, we get a lot of rage, of fear, of longing, of loneliness, and saying these are all valid experiences deep in relationship with God and community because it is hard out here. We have in the person and life of Jesus examples of righteous anger and also Jesus weeping and grieving. And here we talk about that a lot, that our anger, our grief, those things are valid and hugely important. And yet, we do also need hope. We need declarative hope that commits itself to the finality of joy and and the, the hope and joy that we choose in the midst of suffering. It doesn't make our suffering go away. And it becomes toxic if we pretend that it does. But it puts that moment of suffering into the perspective of a life filled with joy filled with moments of joy, and all of the choices that we can make to feast, to party, to create joy, to be in connection with one another. The weeping might last all night, but joy comes in the morning, and eternity promises that on the whole, there will be more joy than suffering. So we don't want to go into that spiritual bypassing, no time for negative vibes, you look so much better when you smile, right? We want 
to engage in hope and gratitude and presence to joy in the context of a full life that contains a multitude of feelings and meaning, holding all of those things at once, which allows us to be present both to the pain and loss and fear and suffering and to the presence of joy, of hope, and of all that makes everything worth it, the new life to which we are called on the other side. Now, that spiritual bypassing and toxic positivity can sound exactly the same as a commitment to hope and joy. So really, it is about context, relationship, and why and how you are choosing to engage in those things. I am not a fan of toxic positivity. I do not like being told that my feelings are invalid or that I should just choose joy Like, it can make my blood boil in the wrong moment. And yet, that problematic line, you look so much better when you smile. Like, it is a huge, it's a problem on a lot of levels. Right? But it's it's one of the lines in a Kirk Franklin song, I Smile. And let me tell you, that song, I Smile by Kirk Franklin, number three in my hundred most listened to songs one year. And what year was it? Was it like a really bangerang year when it was like easy to smile? 2020. In 2020, that was my third most listened to song on Spotify because it felt like a helpful reminder. Cameron hated it. It wasn't for him. Felt toxic to Cameron. Felt life-giving to me. Felt hopeful to me. Some of the lyrics, I smile even though I hurt. I smile. I know God is working, so I smile, even though I've been here for a while. I smile, smile. It's so hard to look up when you've been down. Sure would hate to see you give up now. And then everyone's favorite, you look so much better when you smile, so smile. Other notable songs in my top 100 that year? Just Fine by Mary J. Blige and All Right by Kendrick Lamar. There is a place for remembering that no matter how messed up you are, or I am, or earth feels, or life feels, that God's got us, and we're going to be all right. Life can be so painful, and healing can be worse, but living is full of joy, And you are an agent of joy in the midst of suffering and creation. And healing opens us up to joy in the morning. So what feels unbearable in your life right now? What is on the other side? And what feast can you throw in the middle to get through? We are all called to be present to what hurts while holding the hope the promise, the joy of the other side. And Jesus says to us, you may not see me for a little while, but in a little while, you will again. And we trust that whether or not we can see, whether or not we can perceive Jesus with us, God's love breathing us into being, it is there. Our existence, remember, is evidence that God loves us, that God still loves us, that God persists in loving us and being with us. And we can then remember that by the morning, we will recognize the face of love again in our lives. 
So let us encourage one another. Let us hold that pain and suffering and joy and hope all at once. Let us choose problematic songs (laughs) that remind us who we are. Let us find feasting and joy and dancing where we can. And let us know that that is part of the fuel that God has given us, the nourishment that God gives us to move through suffering into new and everlasting life in this life and the life to come. Will you pray with me? Good and holy God, we thank you for being with us, for explaining to us over and over so that one day it may click, even if it unclicks the next. God, we pray that you would show your joy and love to us, that when we are able, that we could perceive it, that it could flood our beings. And so in those moments when we cannot perceive you, when we feel far from you, God, that we would remember your presence, remember the joy of feasting that has come before, and have hope in everything you promised to us. God, may we be agents of joy and hope and memory in our community. May we choose to look for you and to create and to heal and to do all of those things no matter how they are, how hard they are. And God, may your new life come over and over again as you make us new and all things new. Amen.